0: And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q and A's and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. This week on the Inside Cradle, we preview our exclusive interview with WWE NXT superstar Tommaso Ciampa. It's going to be a big summer for wrestling. It's going to be a very, very big summer for wrestling. It's going to be a big summer and a bigger fall for the WWE. AEW, they have a big WWE issue. We're going to talk about that. Some huge names are coming to the WWE Performance Center, and I can just picture a rocky montage in my mind. As Sasha Banks gets ready to come back and really piss people off on the internet. We're dry, we're diving head first, like ricochet onto John Morrison oh into God. a crash pad that you didn't see off camera, but we're still applauding the whole thing. It is an in-depth conversation. Go deep. That's Rick Lucchino. I'm Kev Kellum. This is Sports Keto Wrestling's Inside Cradle. Watch out, watch out! watch out watch out watch out watch out rick lucino how are you
1: pat mcafee would call that a piss missile that's what pat mcafee (laughs) would call that that ricochet dive onto john morrison (laughs) everybody's wondering what the hell a piss missile is when he dropped that on thursday or on friday that's what that is uh ricochet just flying into john morrison with no with just throwing all caution to the wind i don't i
0: don't think i've seen uh we, we had the hell in a cell pay-per-view where everyone just, you know, hell and sell social media-wise, is like a tweet fest, right? There's so many different things in it, right, that are so violent and crazy, and you'll see people, like, share the gif, right? I saw more people share that moment of a springboard from the middle of the rope, executed perfectly maneuver uh, from Ricochet onto John Morrison off the barrier. Something yeah. I think they could only do in the Thunderdome. I don't think oh, yeah, you do no. that.
1: No way. You can't know. And that's that's why I applauded. I'm like, look, you guys got two weeks left until you have a crowd back. So whatever you can't do in front of a live audience, get it done. Get it yeah, out of That, ha- that happened.
0: To, if you didn't see it, it happened on Money at Raw. Seek it out. Great match, too. Really, really it great really match. To, and just a lot for both guys.
1: guys. We get those two guys in Money in the Bank in a couple of weeks. On top Ooh. of Riddle. On top of Riddle, on top of Big E, and, and uh, Drew McIntyre, which is something we'll talk about coming up here in a few.
0: Minutes. Am I am I not wrong that like, there is this? I think there's with all of the sad things that happened in WWE recently, unfortunate things. A lot of people getting let go, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of uh, we we had the big debate on last week's episode about the WWE writer Kynis Mobley being released. You guys can go check out that uh, that. We also had and uh, if you're watching our YouTube, go watch the debate between you and Sid with Judge Dutch Mantel holding yeah, the gavel. I, I got to give
1: Sid credit. He's a great uh, debater, uh, maybe even a master of it.
0: See what you did there. Hey, it's Rick, uh, it's Rick and the booger in the morning.
1: <laughs> he does a great job, though, of changing uh, the topic of the argument to best, <laughs> to best suit uh, his argument and help him win. But I caught it, though. I caught on. Uh,
0: I believe this argument is called deflection. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're, we're having quite a good time here. And if you're with us, uh, on demand, go ahead and get in the comments below. We want to know what you think. We will respond to you. Uh, if you're watching this in a video version, let us know what you think as well. Also, to our friends checking out the video channel uh, on Facebook, you want to get with us on YouTube. We're going to be moving a lot of things in the weeks over there exclusively over to YouTube. You'll still get a ton of video content with this, a ton of different live streams and stuff like that. But a lot of our big long form shows like this are going to be exclusive to YouTube in the future. And if you want to enjoy this on-demand audio, a big chunk of, you know, an hour plus of us talking or wrestling, uh, you can get it in your ears as well. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast available on Spotify, a lot of different podcasting apps, and give us a five-star review. Throw up the old uh, Jim Duggan thumbs up on that. You know, you see the buttons down there. Don't not press the buttons, okay? Don't not press the buttons. All right, we talked about this. Forward momentum in the WWE, all right? We've talked for weeks. Sasha Banks now, you can add to the list of, big name talents that are coming back to WWE that they've held off on bringing back. We know that there's something happening with John Cena in the WWE within this year, how serious it is. We don't know exactly just yet. And we have people coming back to the performance center, Vince McMahon going to the performance center reportedly to see how people are tuning up for their matches, people having matches in front of no one to get ready to get this show back on the road. WWE announcing even more dates, confirming their Madison Square Garden shows yeah, and a handful of other events through the end of the year. It's it's good momentum. I mean, we can talk about all the bad things. A lot of people released, but there's some good momentum and some big changes are in the future for WWE here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you what you're seeing is with these talents showing up the the Sasha Banks, you know, uh, in particular um you know she hasn't been seen since wrestlemania so i mean this is hey we're getting ready to go back on the road it's it's all hands on deck which is why i think you're seeing people take time off like kevin owens was supposed to take a little bit more time off i think he'll probably lose to Sami Zayn on friday and then take a a little bit of an extended break and then come back uh before you go out on the road but they're they're getting ready man this is this is all hands on deck and this is what we've been hearing for the longest time Maybe kind of a bit of more of an excuse than anything, but is we're saving the good stuff, right? We're saving the good stuff until we go back out on the road. And and that's what you're starting to see the the build-up toward. That's what you're starting to see movement behind the scenes with Sasha Banks and a few others showing up at the performance center. Now, Vince being there, that's a horse of a different color. That is him scouting out talent because he's got a depleted roster and he knows it and he's looking for people who can fill it? or he's looking I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't say de- NXT stars
0: to bring up and then he's looking at other people at Performance Center. yeah, fill in an NXt. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a depleted roster. I think they have a, a bunch of pairings that have been played out. They have a bunch they have a bunch of things that they've staled as much as they could. Uh, and I think part of it is repetition in the Thunderdome. Like they just have these screens. they just have social media to go with. They just have the studio setting. There is some creative limitations to that. And that isn't me giving them the pass, right? There's been a bunch of stuff like, why are we doing this? What, what is the point of this? Why do you have to do this match over and over again? And then there's other things they're doing. I was like, that's really creative. That's that's very, I like that. That's very, very cool. And then there's just some people who naturally have ran their course. Drew McIntyre could be that to a degree. People think, you know, he, oh, talented guy, great guy. But I've seen a lot of him. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people present that here. Uh, the shakeups are big. The returns, I think, are to be just as big. The, the, you can't tell me people aren't going to pop when they see Sasha Banks back out there. Oh, when they see when they see a Becky Lynch back in the ring. When oh. they hear a John Cena come out uh, here in a, just a few weeks. It, I think there's gonna be yeah. You, you always show me the 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 pop there. You're shaking it like you're precious, you're precious. Um, it's gonna be a big big happy time for WWE. And I think there's still going to be people that are going to be pissed off at them when they come back and be even more pissed off when they see people enjoying it. And they're like, well, I've been investing all this time being so angry and against WWE that you're here. You are having fun with it. Come on now. This isn't what that, it's about. And and this is where
1: man, I like I want to be happy and I want to to notice the positives moving forward. I do. I'm, I'm genuinely an optimistic guy. And I think the last two episodes of Monday Night Raw have have really been a huge uh, step forward. But man, yeah, there's there's just obviously there's a lot of change happening in WWE and there there's a lot of negative coming out about the, the company. And there's a lot of the a lot of things that I disagree with the way they're going about doing things, especially how they've released talent and backstage uh, staffers. And there, there were more uh, releases today at WWE headquarters, uh, reportedly, I believe PW Insider was on that. And it, it still just it sticks in my crawl. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So while yes, I want to be excited that Sasha's coming back and Becky's coming back, and we're going to get uh, you know John Cena versus Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Edge uh, probably at SummerSlam as your top two matches. I think Big E could could win Money in the Bank, and all of that genuinely excites me. There's still just that I don't know. It's just I, I I'm 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 kind of tired of the business aspect of it. Like it, it's it's. Dwindling me down to the point where I almost can't enjoy what is good about the on-air product, and I hate that it's like that. And then I hate reports like the, like this that come out today from Andrew Zarian saying uh WWE talent and staff shakeups are something I was told would be more common, more common heading into uh the new era uh, for the company. Now I can get behind shaking things up and keeping things fresh and moving people out of scenes and changing things, but if if talent and staff shakeups are going to be more releases every couple of months no, I'm, I'm not for that at all. And he said, because they were needed. That was the big thing. He's like, he asked why they said, to be honest, it's needed. I, I get freshening things up, but if that means releasing people constantly and then bringing other people in, I I don't know if I can get behind that,
0: man. I, I don't Isn't like that the nature of the beast though. When they have that many people in the performance center and you invested so much time in that as a foundational element of what you do that people get let go now is the new version of that. You're going to release a lot of people and then suddenly bring up a lot of people, you know? Uh, and so it's, it's uh, also, I think part of it is like, we're back in the road. How many people do we actually need? I, I think there's just been this with Nick Khan taking over a, a central role in the company. There's been a big reevaluation of what do we actually need? And, 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 and then the speculation can begin is, is this just all moves? To make the you know the the revenue stream change in a way that makes this oh like a lucrative company that people want to buy. I think any any major media company would want to buy WWE because of their tape library and the branding and everything. This company is already worth billions and billions of dollars to anyone who wants to come in and buy it. This isn't going to be a light buy, but are we getting this thing with a ton of debt? Are we getting this thing with a ton of overhead to it? Uh, or are we going to get a, a streamlined? nice clean electric car version of wwe are we getting uh are we getting a cadillac that sucks up a lot of gas
1: yeah there's been some there's some validity to your argument there because one of the biggest knocks on wwe for years has been the the hoarding the absolute hoarding of talent you know having people you know like god rest his soul brody lee just sitting on the bench for essentially two years before you finally released him from his contract and he was able to go off and, and do great things in his short time in aew um and just Having people like Brizongo in the company for 14 years and never properly utilizing them until you just, you know, cut them free, uh, misusing people like the Iconics, misusing people like Aleister Black. You have these people who are main event level stars that you don't do anything with or you don't see the value that we the fans see. And you got to sit there and you got to and you got to go, what the hell What the hell are we doing? And that, that, that's the other thing about it is, like, the fans and, and the company, I think, a lot of the fans anyway, aren't on the, the same level when it comes to evaluating the talents or getting, you know, invested in certain talents. Like, we wanted to see Aleister Black get a main event push, not get released. And now we're excited that he's getting released because he could possibly go to AEW where we have more faith that he'll be properly utilized. Like, that's not what you want if you're WWE.
0: And also, I think it's going to be this, there's going to be this issue with AEW. Who are we gonna take? Who are we gonna get from them? Like, are we gonna take everybody from them, or should we stick with the people that we already invested time with on television? And I, I keep saying that every time someone's out of WWE, it's like they're going to AEW. That isn't the case. No, they, they're, they're, they're on of the spots. No,
1: I'm it's, stunned. I'm stunned that they they brought in Sting, Christian, uh, Paul White, Mark Henry. They, I mean, some people are slam dunks, right? Like you bring in Andrade, that mm-hmm. makes a, a shit ton of sense. You bring him in, no doubt about it. Tommy End, aka Alistair Black, yeah, you bring him in because he's a bona fide superstar, and you know it. Some of these other folks, yeah, they they're, they don't have room. They don't have room on the roster in AEW. And right now, by the way, I think they're also uh, uh, aren't they? They running into the red right now because of uh, some video game stuff that they were uh, they were doing. So they're not.
0: They they, they are operating with a, a, a deficit of of, of money. Is and Tony Tony Khan was open about that. Because they are they are betting on a huge merchandise rollout of their video game system, uh, and they they have a multi version of that. They already have mobile games out right now. Uh, I've not, I haven't played them. I don't know how fun those games are, but I've heard some. Oh, this is a fine game, you know. This is a fine fine game to play. Uh, but that big console game they're they're working on uh, is ideal, and there is a hole in that market. WWE had a game that came out that a lot of fans didn't respond to recently. Oh, it WWE- was awful! It was awful.
1: The glitches were whoo. It, it it was time to stop and and, and reassess. Sure,
0: you. and now they kind of oh, come in. Let's just,
1: in. Say, let's just mm-hmm. say they put more time into
0: marketing that video game than they did actually developing the. Video they always game. have great marketing for those games, though. They always have they always have fun marketing for those games.
1: I feel so bad that that was Becky Lynch's game.
0: <laughs> oh, the, the cover. Yeah, was the cover. One, yeah. She was
1: on the cover with Roman, and it's the worst one of all time.
0: Uh we we tease this here Uh number two topic of the show. It is tag team month on WWE's digital outlets re- resourcing the great archive they have and they put out this multi-part series of counting down the top 50 tag teams of all time it's always a big debate who is your favorite tag team of oh, all yeah. time who's your favorite who's your favorite oh, all time
1: gosh man I, it's hard for me to go against edge and Christian
0: Uh, or the- I'm, 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 we're in that we're those kids of a certain age you know I those started, I started in
1: 1998 man the brood that was my shit back in the day. Still the greatest entrance of all time in my in my opinion, uh watching Gangrel and Edge and Christian come up through the fire. You can hear the music. I saw your head bobbing. You can hear it. You know, the flame surrounding the the uh riser as it comes up through the uh uh through the entrance ramp there. It was it was good, man. And I yeah i i hopped on board with those guys really quickly and uh yeah I'll, I'll always have a special place in my heart for those guys and anybody who helped put tlc on the map i'll throw the Dudleys in there as well yeah those those were my guys back in the day and they, they're still are my guys
0: uh so WWE has named their top 50 teams and they went with new day as one is number one um do you think this is just a sign of well who's the top team in the last 10 years and they kind of inclined to go that way uh and really make sure the young fans get get their team get in the top spot because you you know that new wrestling fans under 25 something that i'm not trying to be an ageist really love the upheaval they really love something that's new becoming iconic they like they like saying um, this isn't a shot at, at, at the iconics they like saying that somebody who's young is suddenly iconic an iconic status is something that is earned over time. It is not it's something that can be made overnight. I
1: I think they gave the spots to the New Day cuz they've earned it uh to be completely honest with you. If okay. you look if you look at the top 5, Dudley's, mm-hmm. Edge and Christian, Hart Foundation, Hardy Boys and New Day. I mean the, the, the none of those teams are are spring chickens. Uh shall we say New Day's been around for for 6 7 years at this point. I mean all those guys are are veterans. But, I mean, I don't think that's that's placating to the younger crowd at all. I think the New Day, they, they just got it right, and they're finally giving these guys the um, the respect that they deserve. I mean, you're talking about 11-time uh, uh, tag team champions. You're talking about a group that actually has some longevity. This is the one team that has vowed to to never turn on each other, to never break up uh one another And now wwe split them up but they're still uh the new day we saw big e come out with them and introduce uh kofi and woods at wrestlemania this year and if you know they all end up on the same brand they will still be uh the new day and they have an opportunity here to not only be the greatest tag team of all time but elevate themselves into the top factions of all time especially if you start putting you know, some some singles championships on these boys. You know, we saw Big E win the Intercontinental Championship. If Kofi, uh, maybe he gets his hands on the WWE title, or maybe Big E gets his hands on the WWE title. If Xavier Woods does win the King of the Ring, like we all hope he does, uh, this year, whenever they get that uh, that tournament going. I mean, you're gonna start looking at these guys building on single sec success on top of all of their tag team success, on top of the fact that they have, you know, the entertainment value, man. They they have just been so damn good at what they do for so long
0: and I, within the wwe system where that can be yeah, challenging
1: yes absolutely these are guys who who were all afraid they were going to get released from the company they had to bet on themselves they had to do something they put themselves together they did that awful preacher thing that vince mcmahon wanted for a while knew it wasn't working and slowly started to transform themselves and it worked and they took off and they were right. without a doubt the the best group and the best tag team the most successful tag team in the history of the company and a lot of it has to do with longevity
0: if you want to debate that because you're talking about legion of doom you are talking about the dudleys you're talking about a handful of other teams you could put in that conversation right but if you want to say the best tag team in the last 10 years absolutely bar none like the best them and the usos are like right there and uh, and also remove yourself from that like remember like mid 2000 to 2010 everyone's like WWE tag team wrestling fell off like right after some teams broke it up. And it was all TNA it was all like what the Dudleys were doing. There it was all America's most wanted and beer money, and all that stuff and NXT and all these different things with Ross Mack. No, no, no. But now last 10 years, it's been new day. It's been the Usos. It's been them having these bangers. And uh, so kudos to, you know, WWE in that regard.
1: And, and uh, here, here's the thing though. You look at, you look at this list, man. There are some like, I, you could you could debate whether or not you could flip edge and christian Hart. You could honestly shuffle up the top five. And I don't they, think they, they had a
0: list, they had a list like almost 10 years ago where Edge and Christian were number one. Right. And here's the thing: the Usos could very easily
1: work themselves into the top five. They have mm-hmm. plenty of time. They can work themselves into the top five. Right now, if you look at the top 10, we'll run that down. British Bulldogs, Brothers of Destruction, New Age Outlaws, Usos, Legend of Doom, and then the five that we talked about already: Dudley's Edge and Christian, Hart Foundation, Hardy Boys, and the New Day. Usos have a chance. You could talk about New Day and Usos at one point being one and two on this list. I could see that. They have plenty of time. And especially the momentum that's behind uh Jay Uso in recent months and now Jimmy, they have plenty of chances to move up. But you look at some of these other teams that don't have an opportunity to move up, and I'm sitting here going, How the hell are they that are they that far back? They, how much how much promotion, how much money did WWE make off the shield? And they're twenty second on this list now. Granted, they didn't like rack up tag team wins, and I guess no. If we were talking about greatest factions, and that's the weird different, thing.
0: different conversation,
1: right? That's the weird thing It's like we got a lot of people because undisputed era is also on this list. They came in at number twenty. DX is also on the list, but they specified that as only Shawn Michaels and Triple
0: H, and they came in at twenty one. Well, then so you could do you could do New Age Outlaws, and they get their own slot though too,
1: right? New and then they and they were they were there at uh, they were there at number eight. So I mean, it's like. They have groups that have four people oh, you didn't
0: ass. know they could do a different slot. Sorry, sorry, I don't want to get my want to get my stuff in there.
1: Yo ask but a call somebody.
0: Yo yo uh, ass but I call somebody. Um let's get into this. Entertaining night for Riddle. What was Raw entirely pointless? A lot of redundancy on my at Raw. There was some really entertaining stuff on Raw in the Ring. There were some surprising things. I'm a sucker for a good battle royal, but this was a battle, royal. Was
1: a good battle royal. Case in point. That's about as well as you could book a Battle Royal because Battle Royals are are, are usually pointless. I've talked to bookers, you know, who who hate them. Uh, Dutch Mantel, who's with me on Smack Talk on Friday night, is not a fan of uh, Battle Royals. But this one was booked about as well as you could possibly book a lot of uh, storyline progressions in one match. Um, we saw the return of Damian Priest. There was a nice moment there between uh, Ali and, and Mansoor for sure. They did um, stuff with the 24-7 title at ringside. It felt like a but, little mini rumble. Yeah, it was it was very well booked and moved a lot of things forward. The question I have is, did they make the right call by having Matt Riddle win this? And, and Raw opened up with the mysterious disappearance of Randy Orton. He was not there. Randy Orton was supposed to compete in the last uh, last chance money in the bank qualifying match with AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre. He did not uh, wind up in that match because he could not be there to compete. So they were like, here's the battle royal. We're going to have the winner of this match. He's he's going to enter, the, battle, uh, enter the, the main event for the night. Matt Riddle talks his way into the match as a representative for Randy Orton. So Riddle's trying to get Orton into the match. He wins the Battle Royal, goes on, has a banger of a main event, but loses. So the whole night was built around Riddle and getting Randy Orton into the Money in the Bank ladder match. And he loses. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here going, okay, all of that was really cute. And I get, you know, him trying to get Orton into the match as a way to, you know, improve their their bromance that they got going on here.
0: The the, it, the he odd doesn't... the odd couple pairing they have yeah. where, where Randy where Randy does not want this guy to be his friend, and Riddle just wants to be friends with Randy Orton, bro. Yeah, you
1: and Ra- but Randy can't help but like him. And that's the thing. You can slowly see it every time they interact with each other, like Randy. He doesn't want to like this guy, but he does. But he also doesn't want to show that he likes this guy, which makes the dynamic all that much more better. So, you know, Riddle's out there uh, doing the Orton arm lift and saying, no, give me Randy's music when I win and this stuff. But at the end of the day, he loses. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, if he was going to fail ultimately anyway, couldn't they have better, wouldn't they have been better served by helping build somebody else? Instead of just having Riddle lose that match, not only lose the match. In the main and, event, and also
0: like somebody lower on the card who could lose the match. and would be okay. But then getting the rub of main event of money at raw main event match with two bigger stars, put a Monsore in there and he just gets to hang one night with, with two big guys like styles and, 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 and McIntyre and Oh, wow. Look at he he hung in there. Wow. I mean, they could do it. something with them. Right. Exactly.
1: Or you take a guy like Damian priest. Perfect. And have him win. The main event and put him in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Because if you look at the guys who are in the Money in the Bank ladder match, but then he's
0: going to go to SummerSlam and Bobby Lashley's going to beat him in a squash match. Bobby Lashley told us that last week on the show
1: uh that was great he was joking it was two, uh, weeks right.
0: ago, two weeks ago two weeks ago weeks
1: ago. he was joking by the way but you can see that entire interview up on in the uh sports gear wrestling youtube channel <laughs> his snapback um, on you when you present that he's a
0: like, so you want me to have a squash
1: we had it locked and loaded he was going to do that no <laughs> matter what uh and it was great it was good on him he was he was really really fun to talk to uh that popped me i thought that was fun. Uh, i would have done a guy like damian priest had him win and then put him over drew and aj as a way to help elevate him because When you look at the Money in the Bank ladder match, there's one guy who sticks out like a sore thumb, and it's Drew McIntyre, because you have Riddle, you have uh, John Morrison, you have Big E, and you have Ricochet, all of these guys who need that Money in the Bank ladder match to elevate themselves up on the card, and then you have Drew McIntyre, who has been in the title picture for the better part of 18 months now, and is now supposed to be out of it. He He can't challenge Bobby Lashley. Like, people were genuinely happy that he lost that match because it meant he couldn't challenge for the WWE championship. And
0: there would be some type of shake-up in terms of people that step up. Exactly. So is
1: is this the question? Does does him, them deciding to put Drew in Money in the Bank, now hurt him in the eyes of the fans who are already getting Drew fatigue?
0: But is there some way that Money in the Bank, which is supposed to be this, like, magic bullet solution for anybody that wants a title match, right? Because they can use it whenever they want. Is is he somehow not able to use that on Lashley? That's my question. I don't know. And it's, I would say that's the only interesting part, you know, like I'm not the only interesting, but it is an interesting thing that WWE could have that retcon switch. They can pull there, you know, and say like, listen, you won this, but you said, you you know, like you you said, if you, if if you didn't beat him, you said, if you didn't beat him, you wouldn't, you wouldn't challenge him. anymore. Which makes
1: me wonder, are they just going to end up putting the, the briefcase on Drew McIntyre as a way to set him up with
0: Roman Reigns? which I'm okay with long-term that's long-term thinking and also like McIntyre and Reigns had a fantastic one-off one night raw versus Smackdown WWE champion versus universal champion thing at Survivor Series and they had one of the best matches of the year anywhere in wrestling Find, find some find some matches they were up there they were up there with Tokyo and stuff they were up there with you know some of the best double or nothing AEW things. That was a really great match, and they had they had some very good chemistry back and forth in the ring. I, I would there. have
1: no problem whatsoever with Drew McIntyre facing Roman Reigns at some point down the line. But I do think you gotta give Drew a break, unless your goal is to turn him heel, which I think we've seen hints of that in his character recently because he's been showing mass disrespect to the backstage interviewers
0: uh, in recent weeks with his history teacher, you know, type stuff that he's been as doing. a backstage interviewer. I can say that that is when a superstar suddenly falls out of favor with the fans if he if he if you can't take care of the little people like me doing stick man stick stick person uh, work uh, backstage uh, come on now let, let's
1: let's let. it's a total heel move to just dump on the little guy to dump on the guy who is there to just basically be a microphone stand like his job is basically pointless. It is basically pointless. The backstage interviewer job.
0: Are you saying when I'm backstage at AAW coming up United, we stand July 9th uh, on fight TV that I'm going to be pointless that I'm I'm getting the suit out of this closet, pressed and cleaned pointless.
1: Kev, I I am also a backstage interviewer and ring announcer. And yeah, I I can say without a doubt, our jobs are pointless.
0: (laughs) Thanks for blowing up our spot, Rick. (laughs)
1: I, this is a conversation for another day, but I think the backstage interviewer position is totally underutilized in the world of professional wrestling and could be so much better and is in a, a bad need for an overhaul. not of the people doing it, but how they're utilized. Do I, some I fun think stuff they
0: add- digital, like W is a ton of different video platforms. They could do some really fun things with though. We brought up the new day, the way they made fun of Tom Phillips years ago. Where they would goof around with him about how he would do the wide leg stance because you're not supposed to be taller than the people you interview, uh, like that. That still that like do fun do funny things like that. That's just my take here. Yeah. Uh, but my, money in the bank, if, I I think the men's
1: money in the bank is looking pretty strong right now. It is. I would feel a lot better if Damian Priest were in it other than Drew McIntyre. I, uh, I think, they're gonna I do think, something with him. I think it. I think it's a mistake if if Drew is going to win this match. I think it's a mistake unless your goal is to turn him heel. I think it's a mistake. You need to give him because fans are fickle, man. They want to see something different. I'm not saying Drew should be gone from the title picture forever. I'm not saying Drew shouldn't end up with uh, uh, with Roman Reigns at some point down the line. I'm just saying let's have him square off with Jinder Mahal for a while or let's have him fight uh, somebody else and take him out of the title picture. Give him something meaningful just to get a break, just to get a little bit of break. Give the fans something else to watch. And uh, I think that would be be better. But right now, I, I wouldn't put the money in the bank on him.
0: We'll ask the question right now, what do we want? Because right now is important. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll talk about AEW's WWE problem. All Elite Wrestling has a WWE issue, uh, in some ways good, in some ways bad. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, but right now that money in the bank briefcase we're a few weeks away i think is one of the more anticipated money in the banks in quite some time it will be in front of live fans in houston texas it will be rocking in houston uh friday night smackdown just a few days prior will be wwe's big live return i think that's the right way to do it by the way do that on free television get people pumped get people talking that's your a show in terms of viewership right now that's a smart move and then bump right into a pay-per-view that you can do on your streaming service just uh, two days later. Uh, But that money to make briefcase for you right now, two weeks out, what we got, who's in play, who gets that briefcase. They get the rocket shot to the top of the card, or at least could at any point they want when they want to use it. Uh, Who do you put that briefcase on right now?
1: Given the fact that they have a, a, a massive hole at the top of the card, especially amongst the, the baby faces, right? We know Roman Reigns and, and Bobby Lashley are the are the two big dogs in the yard right now, but they need credible marquee opponents. You got to start building some people up. That's part of the reason why I think Drew McIntyre doesn't make a lot of sense to get the money in the bank when you can easily use that briefcase to elevate somebody, somebody who is beyond ready for their push, who has the talent for it. I think all of these guys are are excellent. Excellent candidates. But if if it's me,
0: oh these guys. I'm
1: going with Big i I'm going with Biggie E right now. He's ready. You heard him say it on SmackDown. Finally, this stuff with Apollo is over. The 14 straight weeks of wrestling Apollo is done. He's ready <laughs> to get back on track. He's ready to get elevated to the main event. And I think it would make a ton of sense. And this is John Alba's idea, not mine, but I just love it. And I'm going to bring it up and hopefully help manifest it. Kofi Kingston loses at Money in the Bank to Bobby Lashley after Big E wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. Kofi Kingston's getting beat down by Lashley after the match because that's what Bobby Lashley does. Here comes Big E. Here comes Big E. He makes the save. He doesn't cash in because that's not what Big E does. He's not going to take the easy way out. He's not going to cheap shot Bobby Lashley and cash in. No. But it's clear what, he's
0: coming to Monday at Raw, and here's how he's doing it.
1: Right, right then and there, he challenges Lashley to a match at SummerSlam for the WWE Championship, and Biggie wins at SummerSlam, clean as a whistle over Bobby Lashley. That is how you put someone over. That is how you help make a star. You realign the new day on Monday Night Raw, and all of a sudden, these guys, again, like I was talking about earlier, can start working their way up towards you know the top five factions of all time. Maybe you put the United States Championship on Kofi Kingston while Big E's your WWE champion. Xavier Woods Put some respect on his damn name. Kofi Kingston says on Monday he wins King of the Ring. All of a sudden you got the WWE champion, the United States champion, and the King of the Ring in one faction on Monday Night Raw, ruling ass,
0: ruling, ruling ass. Ruling ass. Are we still? Well, we're, still on, we're still yeah. in. We're still in warlow gimmicks or uh, no? Who are
1: that was, uh, oh, God, um, ready to rumble. That was ready to rumble. That was the rule of Yeah, <laughs> That's what I would do with New Day. I love that idea. I love that prospect. Finally elevating Big E to where he, he should be. And then you give him a big, dominant freaking title run, and New Day can just, again, own everything
0: on Monday Night Raw. I, oh, uh, oh, I want to remind you, by the way, we we haven't said this. We, we're going to be talking to Tommaso Ciampa from Oh, WDX. yeah, yeah, we got that little thing we got coming up. Yeah. <laughs> We'll we'll have we'll have a we'll have a piece of our upcoming interview with him ahead of uh, NXT's Great America Bash here within this episode. So, uh, but a, that full interview coming out on our channel in a few days. Uh, so you'll see that within that you'll get you'll see that hear that within this episode. But we're talking money in the bank. Who do you put that briefcase in, on right now? It is an exciting prospect. Looking at who they have in the men's money in the bank, there's uh, three of these names in the middle in the middle of the card. All need a boost, but all are liked and beloved in their own way. Riddle, Ricochet. John Morrison John Morrison and Ricochet had themselves a Lucha Underground match on Monday Night Raw this past week. As we mentioned, that highlight they made, I think these guys are going to steal the show. Yes. They're not going to win this match. But Ricochet and John Morrison proved on Monday night, you let us do some wild, wild, crazy shit. And we're going <laughs> to do it in a ladder match. And we're going to do a ladder match in front of a crowd. And we're going to do some insane things. And if you're sleeping on Ricochet and you're saying, why aren't they doing anything with Ricochet? And it's stop and start. And he's so near the bottom of the car. And why didn't he go to AEW? Why didn't he go to? And then boom, here he is doing triple Lindy moonsaults off like two stacked ladders, right? They're going to do some insane stuff. Oh, it's going to be a good match for sure. Yeah. And the crowd is going to be wowed by Ricochet and John Morrison. And there's more, there's more heat in that tank for them to do some fun things this summer. Riddle can be silly. Drew McIntyre can be angry. Maybe we get a character change and we go up Big e. I don't mind you there. Let's jump over the women's side of, of this. There is a bit of an issue here. Uh, WWE has a lot of uh, strong female talent, um, but it, it I don't, don't want to see it feels like odds and ends in this match, but it feels like a lot of reboot for characters. They've already spent a lot of time on here. We have in the women's match currently, Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, the new Nikki Ash, superhero Nikki Cross.
1: Almost superhero.
0: Almost superhero. <laughs> you couldn't have just called her Captain Cross, you know? <laughs> uh change that. Dude. Get away from that.
1: Hang on, Todd. Something just hit me. A lightning just struck my brain. Do you think they're getting ready to bring up Carrie and Cross? And that's why they're changing Nikki's name, Nikki Ash.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. And then that that's a marketing licensing thing. Everyone gets mad about those name changes when someone's name is too close to another person. Yeah. That's a marketing thing. That's not that's for your advertisers and and people you do merchandise with and your licensees and stuff like that. I, I I'm, I'm my name is Kevin, but when I'm on air with QLZ, uh Monday through Friday doing rock radio, I'm Hef. I, I go by my middle name because we already have another Kevin here. So is you your middle name in, Hefner? Uh Hefernan. Heffernan. Oh, okay. H e w f e r n a and spells Hefnerin. That's that's the song. That's my grandmother's maiden name. She she oh. taught that to me, so I could sing it as a child. Uh, so you didn't know you're getting a song. There you go. Now you have to hit thumbs up. Now you have hey, to. Hey,
1: why not? We, we we sing on this show sometimes. Remember that one time I did the Bengals fight song.
0: <laughs> go in the catalog. Another reason to listen to the old shows, not just topical. Uh, so talk looking at the field here, who wins this thing? Who, wins oh, this.
1: who actually wins it
0: yeah i think it's gonna right be- now right now the money make happens tomorrow who wins this who wins this title i think there's only, i phase?
1: think there's only two legit contenders in the match right now
0: and i think it's either nikki cross or alexa bliss based on how they've
1: been booked recently yeah i don't, I don't look at and it's this is insane to say but i don't see oscar as a serious competitor at all uh the way that the booking has been built up which is uh, so sad because she, she, I mean, in the pandemic era, she was really holding the show together. Absolutely, until yeah. they just stopped having her defend the championship when it was pretty clear that they just didn't have anything that they wanted to do of any significance for. Her. After mm-hmm. Sasha and, and Bailey and that whole feud ended, she really didn't do anything until she dropped the title um, to to Rhea Ripley, and even that build was only three weeks long. Mm-hmm. She only defended it on a pay-per-view like twice in September, and then she lost it at, at Money in the Bank. So yeah, I don't uh, I don't consider her to be uh, a viable contender, nor do I consider Naomi because she's getting squashed by Dewdrop every week uh, at this point. So I don't really consider her to be a viable contender either, and I don't expect Carmella to be either. So of other people in the, the match right now, it's Nikki Cross debuting that new character, Nikki Ash, whatever she wants to be called and alexa bliss who has been the main focus of the women's division on raw for for several weeks now i think alexa bliss is going to win it based off the competitors that are there now mm-hmm. i would put it on nikki cross
0: uh i think nikki cross tie the rocket to her you know make this a fun summer with baby faces that you can pop if, for if
1: that gimmick is going to work the booking has to be there the mm-hmm. booking has to be strong she has to be booked seriously seriously Hurricane Helms was a very successful character, but he could never break out of that comedy trope. He was never able to just ascend to something greater. Iconic character, but never ascended to anybody who could be taken seriously as a competitor. Nikki Cross is building up wins. Granted, some of them are fluky, but she's building up wins. She's pinned Shayna Baszler uh, twice now in the last few weeks. Put the briefcase on her. Put the briefcase on her. Have her uh, cash in on 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 Rhea Ripley after she beats Charlotte at Money in the Bank. And you know, I know the women's Money in the Bank winners have like cashed in all within a day. You know, the last few of them. But I'm putting that title on Nikki Cross. I'm strapping her to the moon. I'm letting Charlotte and and Rhea just fight each other for the next few months because they don't need the title to do that. And let's see what Nikki Cross can do. Give her an opportunity.
0: Uh, let's jump into the men's title matches. I know I'm sharing I'm sharing the graphics here from WWE.com on our screen here. Yeah, um, Edge
1: returning this week. That was big.
0: Edge returning this week on, on SmackDown. I know you guys were in, into that segment on Smack Talk. I loved that. I thought it was it, it, maybe it was I wouldn't say predictable, but it was a very fun return. And he, he sent a he sent uh Roman Reigns for a good powder, you know, uh running out of the ring, saving the day. Uh the did do that he, uh,
1: The only thing and I think you were just about to say yeah. it, the only
0: thing he did is he's looking dead at the camera. Where are you at, Roman? Where are you at? Where, Where are you at, at? Rick? Rick, where are you? I'm going to turn over here. I'm going to look over here, Rick. Where are you, Rick? Rick, well, where are you? I don't know if
1: Roman screwed up and he was supposed to be gone, but Edge, he's he's up there. He's on the ramp. Or,
0: or somebody shot Roman and they weren't supposed to put the camera on Roman. You that's know what true. I mean? Yeah. That, that's probably it. It's
1: probably more of a production thing. Mm-hmm. Where, like they took it and he's like, oh, crap. No, God dang it. Take it off. And then Edge is like, where are you at, Roman? Let's go. I'm working the hard cam. I'm working the hard cam so hard. I can't even see you in my peripheral vision. Let's
0: uh, uh, so we get edge back on pay-per-view uh, and what? he gets to shake things up. Now, mind you, he got, he got stacked and racked and crashed. All those things that Roman has been saying at, at WrestleMania. A lot of people thought it was an assumed thing that he was going to leave with the title at WrestleMania. And they did not do that. They stuck with the hot hand that is Roman reigns in his heel character, possibly the most over villain in all of wrestling. Sorry, fans of Kenny Omega. He's he's a little bit more over as a heel right now. Uh, and so what what do you think here? Is is Edge going to shake things up before uh, SummerSlam? I don't think so. And I think you're going to have a, a, another frustrated version of Edge where he just cannot understand why well, he cannot reassume his destiny. And he came back for 11 years. It's oh, going to grit my oh. teeth. Um,
1: He's back to take Daniel Bryan's spot
0: as the top baby face on SmackDown, at
1: least heading into... Uh, SummerSlam mm-hmm. uh, at least until John Cena comes back this is a giant smokescreen this is WWE going okay we need to fill between now and SummerSlam who who is there who's ready to challenge Roman Reigns the answer was nobody you didn't have anybody after he decimated Rey Mysterio you needed to bring somebody in who has some clout who has some mm-hmm. equity who has a beef with the guy and a guy who you can easily move into something else after Roman Reigns wins at Money in the Bank, and Edge is the guy. Edge is absolutely 100% the guy, and you know why he's not going to win at uh, at Money in the Bank? is because Seth Rollins is going to ensure that Edge does not win at Money in the Bank, because Seth Rollins is pissed off now. He wants the shot at Roman Reigns. He didn't get it. It was given to Edge. That's the catalyst. We are going to get Edge versus Seth Rollins. I believe it's going to happen at SummerSlam, and it is going to be effing awesome. Think about that. Your top two matches for SummerSlam on SmackDown are going to be John Cena versus Edge, according to reports. Or excuse me, John Cena versus Roman Reigns, and then Edge versus Seth Rollins. You could do a whole lot worse uh, than those two for SummerSlam.
0: Uh, Let's scroll up and check out this one. This has been put together on my at Raw. Some people into it, some people not too into it. Uh, I'm on the fence. I don't know how I feel about Bobby Lashley taking on the ever-beloved Kofi Kingston. This is Kofi's uh, most latest shot at reacquiring world title gold and getting the WWE Championship back around his waist off a man that people feel is just locked onto this thing, for lack of a better phrase, uh, until uh, a big beast can pry it from his hands, in the version of Brock Lesnar, that everyone assumes is coming back, but who knows? Every week, it seems like it's a different story. Is this another scenario where they just want uh, they want a solid match on Money in the Bank, but we're holding out something bigger for SummerSlam? I see some different shakeups. we got Money in the Bank briefcase. I think Bobby Lashley is in a more vulnerable position uh, than Roman Reigns is to lose his title here. I would
1: keep it open, to be honest. I think they're going to book Lashley to win this match. But Kofi Kingston is in a really good position here because people are white hot behind him again Mm -hmm. dude was spitting straight fire in his promo on raw this week um you know again asking people to put respect on uh, on xavier's name but reminding people who he is what he did what he's done what he is capable of and he is still one of the top performers in the ring and outside of the ring in the entire company and now he's getting his second shot in the main event right as fans are coming back they want kofi to win this they want kofi to win this and if if the crowd is Dude, white that, hot that's
0: that's another thing on this pay-per-view i don't think they're going to do this show in houston and not give the fans some big feel good happy moment they're they're in a win-win situation here because they can either ride the lightning
1: judging based off the crowd reaction because if this is match is put in the prime position the crowd will be white hot for it just like they were kofi and daniel bryan yeah they're going to want kofi to win this match and i think if the crowd is going white hot you have two finishes you have two finishes locked and loaded and you whistle down to the ref if you think an audible needs to be made that kofi kingston needs to shock the world and win this championship to get that massive pop in front of the live crowd you pull the damn trigger you absolutely pull the damn trigger pull the trigger and kofi Kofi moment or you can say f them fans and you can get white hot nuclear heat on bobby lashley and either way wwe wins because they either have kofi mania 2 where the crowd is white hot behind him or bobby lashley has just become the most hated m in all of the company mm-hmm. and either way wwe
0: wins either way they win either way dude so i have, what's us too bad about that here uh we got a lot to jump into we'll talk aew and the wwe issues there we'll talk about next week's great american bash Great American Bash coming up, going to be a really big show. You want to jump into this clip with uh, Tommaso Ciampa? You want to hold yeah, off on that? Yeah, so I had a chance to talk with
1: Ciampa uh, today. I did a little double dipping at work, which is why it looks a little different, and it sounds a little different, because I couldn't take my studio with me, so I literally just did it in our green screen room off of my laptop, okay. uh, so that's why it looks a little funky, uh, but you know what? It was still a great conversation. Uh, so, uh, we uh, talked to him about uh, a myriad of things, including his, his partnership with Timothy Thatcher, uh, working with MSK, which by the way, never faced MSK before. So that's where we're going to start off here. I'm talking to him. It's like, look, if this was Johnny Gargano, this is another day at work for you getting in the ring with somebody you've never been in the ring with. That's an entirely different thing. Mindset. Like when you are going to face an opponent for the first time, you know, obviously you wrestle, you know, Johnny Gargano. I mean, you guys obviously been there, done that. You have the chemistry. You're very comfortable with one another. How's that different now when you're going into a match with somebody you've never you've never locked up with before?
2: Uh, yeah, so for me, it, it, there's an excitement to it uh, because I love the unpredictability, uh, and it's it's something I really was missing with uh, without having a big live crowd for for the last year. Is I love adapting, and I love. Uh, the, the improv that comes with having a live reaction. Uh, so it, it's a very similar setting when you're in there with an opponent for the first time. Uh, I'm, I'm really good at adapting and improving, and I can, I can have a game plan, but also have a plan B, C, D, E, F. And I don't know that many other wrestlers have that. Uh, so for me, that's exciting. And I mean, I just, sometimes you're in a, a, a a zone in wrestling where like you kind of just confidence is high right now Timmy and I are that's where we're, we're at I, I don't think anyone's better than me I, I genuinely don't th- I don't think anyone in the world is better than me I don't think they're better than me on the mic I don't think they're better than me in the ring I think I'm the best alive and uh so for MSK it's just kind of like right, damn I mean if, if if you're there with the best alive you're kind of screwed and <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how I feel I just feel like there's no offense you guys you've done great you won the dusty classic You're you're tag team champions it's awesome congrats and uh now you get to go home and take a break for a little while
1: yeah and you know your partnership with timothy thatcher has been something that's really been fun to you know to, to watch come together i think it's it's obviously a, a really natural fit uh, you two guys together did you realize that you had this chemistry with him right away uh yes yeah no uh so Uh,
2: We had wrestled one time on Independence, and we had chemistry, and I knew that. We had a a very common respect for each other. When it came to NXT, we just kind of did cross paths, and then then we had those two matches, war games and the fight pit. And obviously, I knew we had chemistry as opponents because we're like-minded, we're similar styles. We pull out an aggression with one another and a grit that, you know, it, it makes it stand out uh the tag thing no, i had no clue uh because it's a very different dynamic uh than you know with johnny with johnny i always knew like okay well johnny is you know he's a hot tag guy and he's he adds an element that i don't he's got some flashiness to him and he's just he's different than me so i knew we had like a yin and yang type thing with timmy it was gotcha. like oh, we're similar we're very similar And I didn't know if that was going to work or not. And then we had that first match with Undisputed Era with Rod, uh, Roderick Strong and Adam Cole and the bell rang. And I just remember looking back at him afterwards and being, Hey, we got, we got something like that. There's, you know, there's no doubt. I, we came back through the curtain and I think Shawn Michaels was the first person I saw. And that was actually my quote to him. I was like, I guess we have chemistry. And he just kind of like laughed and was like, yeah, no no crap you do. And, and, It just, it's been that it's been, it's been so easy. And I think one of the reasons is because uh, there's no, like, there's no rookie in this team. There's no young guy trying to learn or keep up. It's like you took two stars who are very confident in who they are. And you just said, okay, now go do your thing. I don't have to worry about Timmy. Timmy doesn't have to worry about me. And that's, that's a huge relief in a tag team. When you're just kind of like, you, you have a, a trust right out of, the, the gate, it's very helpful.
1: You brought up the, the couple of matches that you guys had together. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the fight pit. I, I love that match. I can't wait for fight pit three. Um, you know, and Timothy Timmy's obviously the, the king of the fight pit right now, he's yeah. undefeated. What was that experience like for you and how does the fight pit compare to uh, to other cage matches you might have been in? Uh,
2: so it was physical. I, I would love to do a fight pit in a big arena where there's screens, and the reason I say that is because the the live element of it that that I did not know was going to be missing until I got there was a, it was in the CWC and we're at the time super limited on how many people could be in the arena, and then the cage you know if you're fighting on top of the cage and there's not screens or anything then no one can really see what's going on as far mm-hmm. as the live audience goes. And then when you come down into the cage, depending on where you are and obstructed view and stuff, I don't, I think for the performer, it's just one of those things where you're like, I didn't know in the moment what was going on, but I could feel a different energy. And now hindsight, when I look back, I'm like, oh, it, it probably wasn't the greatest experience as a viewer live because it just, it just because of the handcuffs that were put on us. And I feel like if, put that fight pit in in a Barclays, put it in, uh, you know, in all state, put it in a bigger arena where people are seeing it in person live. They can follow it on the screens. It's, I just think it's one of those things that could become something like crazy special. And uh, Timmy and I have already talked quite a bit about, that possibility of a first ever tag team fight pit. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just one. It, it's hard to not think about it, you know, while you're doing it. And it's like, yeah, you just get the right opponents, right circumstance, right everything, and that could be special.
1: Again, Tuesday night, Great American Bash. You have a chance to become a two time NXT Tag Team Champion. Now, the first time you won those titles, that was alongside Johnny Gargano. And uh, he has found himself in the hairs of, uh, excuse me, the crosshair, shall I say, of carrying cross recently. That's a man you are uh, not unfamiliar with. You were one of his first opponents in NXT. Kind of wanted to ask you about that match and, uh, and your impressions of the current uh, NXT champion.
2: I think I'm better than, him. you know, I'll say that. And, I, and it's hard to say that, I guess, when he beat me in under six minutes. I think he beat me at a time where I, I was, I won't say I was easy to beat, but I, I wasn't at the top of my game. I came back from the neck surgery. I chased after Goldie, Adam Cole beat me with Johnny Gargano's assistance. Johnny Gargano beat me with Candace's assistance. And I just think I needed a break and, uh, Cross just, it just lined up just right for him. And I think over the last year and a half, uh, I'm sure he's developed. And you know, I've, I've watched, he's had some good showings, uh, but. I am back to being me. And I think if the, if the time time ever does come where we step in a ring together again and it's it's Karrion Cross versus the black cart, the cycle killer, I just it'll be different.
1: Yeah, and we, we got to see Karrion Cross come back and claim the championship that that he never lost and, and to this point. You know, I feel a little a little Rob that we haven't gotten to see more of that that gold hungry Tommaso Ciampa chasing down his beloved Goldie. I mean, is is that avenue still there to to get back to that in the near future? Near future, I don't know. I mean,
2: it, it's if you asked me six months ago before this Timmy thing, I think I'd have a different answer. But uh, sometimes you just you have to play the card you're dealt. And Timmy and I are enjoying what what we're being dealt right now, uh, and. You know, it's not to say that I value the tag team titles more than the the NXT title, but uh, I also know that there's not a time frame on this. You know, that my career is not ending in the next six months or a year or two years. So uh, I, I really, really, really enjoy what we're doing. And winning the tag team titles at the Great American Bash puts a real good stamp on us as a tag team. It kind of solidifies this duo. And then it gets fun because then it becomes, well, how far can they push this? You know, we did it with GYV, we pulled a great match out of Legato. We had a really good one with Undisputed Era. Now we have MSK. There's so many tag teams, you know, to go, Imperium's still out there. There's a lot of good tag teams, not just in NXT, but even when I look around at, at Raw and SmackDown and NXT UK. There's just a lot of people I'd like to get in there with with Timmy by my side and prove we're the best tag team there is.
1: Oh, isn't that just a great place to stop? Just just right there, just right there before everything goes down. Kevin's mic's is still on mute.
0: <laughs> I like that he calls him Timmy. I like that he co- that he says Timmy like he's a different. More dialed in, Tomasa Champa. Not to say he wasn't dialed in when he when we saw him come back from this neck surgery, but that cross statement, karen oh, Cross is a, uh, a guy that when people cr- uh, call him out recently, it seems like it's a lot more provocative than a, calling out many other people in wrestling.
1: He gets a lot of hate for some reason, man. I I, I think it's very unwarranted. I like what I see out of Karen Cross.
0: I do. Uh, I like uh, I but I, I, I also don't see hatred from Tomasa Champa because I mean, Cross oh, beat him.
1: Oh. No, that is all confidence, and that that came out crystal clear. By the way, that was just a tip of the iceberg, just a taste of a 21-minute conversation uh, that I had with uh, Tommaso, including a very entertaining uh, SK six-pack that uh, you guys will see on the Sports Wrestling YouTube channel next week ahead of the Great American Bash, which is on tuesday and yes uh we did talk about that comment of oh i'd rather retire than go to raw or smackdown which he says was taken out of context and uh yeah we talked about the prospect of wrestling on raw or smackdown because that's always the big question right how how sick do you think the nxt people get of those questions of oh you you want to go to raw you want to go smackdown what do you think man what's going on i hate asking those questions but sometimes i will ask them just because haven't really heard it publicly from a certain superstar, but once they get asked about 18
0: million times, how many, you, you know, they get sick of it, man. You know, they got to it. So I have a question for you. Yes. All wrestling is back in front of crowds. They've been back in front of crowds for quite some time. They did the double or nothing show. One of the best WWE uh, non WWE shows of the year. Right. And that's what AEW is. They're the top non WWE thing in wrestling right now. Without question. But after this week's dynamite, which is their first dynamite back on Wednesdays in a long, long time, and man, do they need it? They got beat up by a very popular NBA playoff uh, s- a series this year, uh, and they got moved to Friday nights, and they had to go. Oh, on this after.
1: was the one. That, this was the one on Saturday, right? That we're about to yeah, talk about. Yeah, they, and
0: they had that. They had that great Saturday night show, which which did good, right? But they're still performing to far less the audience well, they normally before, would because preemptions.
1: Before, Before we get into what we're going to talk about, can I just say Jungle Boy is over as F right now. This dude is going to be a star for years to come. I don't care how many... I don't care how many internet fanboys are pissed off that he's uh, dating Anna, uh, <laughs> Anna Jay right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that guy is a star. Uh, I, I love the work that he's doing. I knew he wasn't going to win that match against Kenny Omega, but they did an excellent job of making me think he was going to win that match a couple of times. Uh, a couple of nice near falls that made you jump out of your chair. Just yeah. Oh, God.
0: I got think- him.
1: Not quite as good as the uh, the the false three count as we saw in the tag the mixed tag team match, or not mixed, but the uh, tag team match we saw on Wednesday night uh, in the Young Bucks. But uh, yeah, they did a really good job. Jungle Boy's got a very very bright future ahead of him. I love what he's doing so far.
0: A lot of millennial uh, Von Eric vibes with Jungle Boy when he's out there. Ladies, ladies fanning themselves when that long when that long mane is bouncing around the ring. Uh, but AEW, I know, and I don't want anyone to think, oh, here's Cav with his, just you know, just trying to make me mad. And I'm an internet fan. I'm a part of the IWC, and you're saying something negative towards me and my community, my staunch positions.
1: It's like we're uh, our own company, the IWC. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm the IWC champion. Is there? A how world dare world? you?
0: How dare you join the IWC without a neck beard? Doesn't matter who you are. You have to have one. Um, so yeah. So AEW they do they have a wwe problem and by that i don't mean oh uh, they have too many guys that are from wwe do they have this like issue where they just can't help themselves and not bring up the wwe i, I i'm not this isn't a major critique maybe it is right and it isn't one specific thing jim ross beloved broadcaster this week oh this Made made it. He made a slight faux pas that the internet just went. Like they got very very mad at. They they were acting like a a, like a like a dog in a yard, and you're just running the fence. You're running a stick on the fence, and you're just driving this dog crazy. And that was uh, Jim Ross said WWE Dynamite.
1: Yeah. To close out the show after a great video package outlining the last eighteen months, you know, at Daly's place or however long they've been there now, and and the timing is particularly yeah the timing is particularly bad in all these yeah, it it, dude we have a unique take on this because yes. we're in the broadcasting industry where yep. we change companies we change stations all the time i do news for god knows how many different radio stations you know i've done it a day i think i've done eight different radio stations i've done news for in one single day that's a lot of different call letters folks and by call letters i mean the difference between wlw and wwva and wspd and wtvn and wtam and all these different stations in ohio and west virginia it's a lot to keep straight Not mama it is it's a lot to keep straight and sometimes you screw up now i have the, the 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 lucky ability of being on you know tape for a lot of these things so when i do screw up the call letters i can go back and i can edit it but when you're live Sometimes shit just happens. And good old JR, who has been calling WWE for God knows what, 25, 30 years he was there with the company, maybe longer. It's it's fried into his brain. It is is it it is so hard for him to say AEW over WWE because he's been saying WWE for so damn long. And Kevin, you know this, man. Yeah. We don't read our out cues. They're burned into our skull. You do them. We just—it's second nature. We just rip it off. Our next update at six thirty. I'm Rick Uccino on News Radio seven hundred WLW. You just rip
0: that shit off. This entire hour of '90s throwbacks is brought to you by Grow Big Hydroponics in McChesney Park on Willow Creek Grove behind Menards. Find them online at GrowBigHydroInc.com. Like that? Yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> you just rip that shit off. It's second nature. So yeah, it's
1: really hard. I guarantee it's hard for Jr. to say aew as opposed to wwe so you know what man i'm just saying jr i still love you man it, he's a great great guy to talk to we both had the chance to, to interview him the pleasure yeah of- we,
0: we yeah. I, I had a, an incredible interview with him that's like that's in our podcast feed that you can check out now where we were so you had this too you only got you, you got 15 minutes yeah. is what okay, you had 45 with 45 later and he and um, you're under this tree and he's telling you all these incredible stories and i'm just like and then the calls of people like, get him off
1: the show. There, there were you some. You got to get there, him off there. There were some. I I saw the people tweeting at this point. He's a detriment to the show. Is he? Is, is he? he really? Now I'm like Really? How, I wonder how many of that is the you know the younger crowd who yes is ingrained with with Jr it, from it back is, in the day.
0: What this is this is like like, like I said this is an ages thing, man. This is an ages thing. There is a there is something going on, and I I can say this is a guy who's in a in his thirties, right? That there is something going on with people under the age of 25 in wrestling, where it can only be special. If it's this young person is suddenly the top person in the business out of nowhere. And they're the best. And they're the thing you have to pay attention to. And nothing else matters because you're so ingrained with so much social media. You have so many options. Well, I'm just going to get behind this thing. And if you're not with this thing, it's the us versus them aspect of it. And they're so ingrained in them and for them, Jim Ross is WWE, and that's it. And we don't want to let it go. Uh, but really, Jim Ross is so much more than WWE's career is so much more than that. He, he's so ingrained in the characters and the storytelling of this business. And my thing is, like, if anyone can make that mistake and shouldn't have to suffer for it, it is Jim Ross. Yeah, and, 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 and
1: people are having fun with it. And I think you know, you saw the Young Bucks in their sure. new bio today. And it's okay to have fun with it. He made a mistake. It was silly. It was goofy. It was one of those things that was very, very noticeable. But it's
0: that holier than now gatekeeping BS that makes wrestling this bubble island thing. Like, guys, we're getting back out in the world. There's going to be kids in the crowd who didn't get to go to wrestling for the last year and a half. And I'm going to have fun, like riffing with them and having fun and, and like bowing at each other. But this. This idea of like, if you're this old, you shouldn't be in wrestling. And if you're this, you can't be in wrestling, but wrestling needs more of this. And if you don't have that, then you're, you're not an acceptive, inclusive company, but don't give me someone who's old. and don't I, I give think, me someone who's this, I think don't tell the- me I'm going to watch WWE because I don't watch WWE. I watch my faves. I watch for my faves. That that BS, that yeah. cop out you do. Shut I, up. You're gonna watch SummerSlam. You know you're gonna watch SummerSlam. I don't say, first, Well, I've just followed it online. Screw you. You know what you're doing.
1: I think the problem, I think part of the issue that that some younger fans have with, with Jr. It's the same thing. Like if you if you talk to people today and they say, Well, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? If like a 25 year old had that conversation with, you know, a 60 year old, you'd sit you're there. Seriously, Tom Brady. They're going to say Tom Brady. They're going to say Aaron Rodgers. They're going to say Peyton Manning. And the guy's going to come back and go with, well, what about Bernie Kosar? Well, what about uh, uh, Johnny Unitas?
0: Or what about... You you know what what that person's going to come back with? Who? Who? Exactly.
1: Look at the stats, man. Look at the stats. They can't compare. It's the same
0: thing. You don't. You do know, You don't. Know the uh,
1: grow up with it. You don't know. You didn't watch the guy play, and no, yeah. looking up stats on the internet is going to give you the the whole story. All again, part time, the, dude. I think all the, time.
0: You know what? All I wanna, time.
1: You know what I want to do today? You know what I want to do today? I want. <laughs> Jr. made a made a made a goof last night. There's not again. He owned it. He made a mistake. He's going to make more of them. We're all. Is here. Is that We're the wrong.
0: biggest? I heard someone say this is the biggest botch, and AEW's history is the biggest. No, 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 up. no, no, no. The biggest botch was the exploding barbed wire deathmatch. <laughs> That's the biggest botch. Or Jericho falling
1: the crash pad. You know. Uh, yeah. One of those two.
0: Like, like the, the, it, Jeff, it, the the Matt Hardy issue. This is this is nothing. Yeah. This and is here's nothing. the thing: like you were back in front of fans, you had the show back on Wednesday nights. You have this incredible talent, and I'm calling all of you out. Get the f over yourself. You are so spoiled. In a pandemic, where multi-billion dollar sports leagues have struggled to keep their product on the field, struggled to keep it out there. And now you have it back in front of you full force. You're in Jacksonville, you had this wor- you had this world-class company presenting great matches in front of you in your backyard, but you're so jaded and you're so you're so in your own thing. You can't just step out and see like, man, what would it be like for that fifteen-year-old kid? Is like, hey, Jr. is really cool. I'm a young wrestling fan. I bet he's awesome, and he you is. Know you know what I want to do? In- instead of
1: focusing on Jr.'s gaffe last night, which was what it is, I want to celebrate Jr. Nineteen years ago today, July first, two thousand two, Monday Night Raw, mm. Jeff Hardy versus the Undertaker. Great match. match for the undisputed WWE heavyweight championship of the world. I talked about it earlier, man. Started watching wrestling in 1998. I grew up as the Hardys and Edge and Christian as their careers blossomed. As they grew up, I grew up as a person. Those are my guys, they're always my guys. 13 year old me is watching that match, losing his effing mind because I actually think there is a chance that my dude jeff hardy is gonna win the wwe championship and you know who helped sell that jr and he dropped in my opinion the best damn call he has ever made in his life jeff hardy grabs the chair knockout shot to take her back when you can hit people in the head with a chair and there goes jr the knockout shot Make yourself famous. Give me goosebumps. Yes, make yeah, yourself yeah. famous, make kid. Yourself <laughs> famous gives me goosebumps right now thinking about it. Everybody talks about you know the the the, the Mick Foley jumping off. By God, they killed him. By Mick God, right. you know. By God, is Mick my witness, he is, is broken in, in half. half. That's great. And that is a, a, one of the best calls of all time. But for me, it is climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Gave me goosebumps. I'm losing my mind. I'm running all over the damn the damn living room. My dad's yelling at me like, what the hell are you doing? Because it's like 11 o'clock at night. And Jeff Hardy, oh, was right there. They made Jeff Hardy that night. And Jim Ross helped make Jeff Hardy that night. It happened 19 years ago today. Best call, in my opinion, that JR has ever made. Thank you, Jr. because that was a moment I will never forget.
0: There was an off-color line. Mean, you bring up, by God, as a witness, he's broken in half the Hell in a Cell match, right? Uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin era has begun, you know? And all these different things. And Jezebel uh, and all, all that stuff he was working. There was an off-color line he did one time when Triple H was on his run in the early 2000s as the top villain in the business. He was the Rowan Reigns then, right? Yeah. And he was doing something with... um. With, i can't even remember who he was doing it with he had this he had a sledgehammer and he was really going to injure somebody He was just going to maim him right sure the was. idea yeah. the idea was that triple h was going to wreck like end somebody's career with this right and just totally destroy him and jim ross gets this over because we've seen at that point you've seen you know him pull out the sledgehammer he hits you in the gut and he wins matches right but this was no this wasn't a match he's really going to hurt somebody with this right and it got over with me and I'm a jaded wrestling fan at that point. I'm enjoying it, but like what's going to really sink it in, right? What's what's really going to get this steak on the grill cooking? Is JR saying he's got a family. He's got a family. <laughs> like he's not calling the match anymore. He's not calling, he's not describing what you're seeing. He's at this point yelling to Triple H, he's got a family. He has a family. You don't have to do this to him. And it was, I was like, I'm in, I'm on board. Triple H is no good son of a bitch. Don't do that with a slip. <laughs> and I was, it was, and it was that, just um, the passion that. that he has for it is so evident. And the, the, uh, the knowledge he has is so vast and articulated. And, and, and if this is something you think of when this, this little issue, then then really you you just want to see something fall, you know. Oh, I, you you I don't think you want to see a statue built, you want to see one fall down.
1: And I think that's what I think a lot of people they, they like to see people fail, or they you know you, you always like to say, Oh, well, you're not as good as you once were. JR knows that he said that, but he's still Jim Effin Ross. And until he no longer wants to call matches, I'm I'm having him on my damn show. I'm having him on my show because you know what? He still has some classic calls left in him. He still brings value to to AEW. He, he helps bring in that older audience. Really, truly, he does. Uh, he was the voice of a childhood for a lot of people, and uh, I'm one of them. You're one of them. He Occasionally, he's going to screw up and say, WWE Dynamite Who gives a shit. Who cares? Some people are having fun with it. Some people need to start having fun with it. And stop taking things so seriously. Just Remember, re- remember that's why you're watching wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is why you're and watching. Supposed it. to be it. Let's talk about a big swerve. Or should big I, swerve, maybe? A swerve, Scott, on uh NXT this week, knocking off Bronson Reed to win the North American Championship. They didn't do this match at uh um Great American Bash next week. This was impromptu. It was I want you, let's go. We're meeting in the ring. And Bronson drops it after, like, 40 days as the champion. This was heralded, man, as, like, his big crowning achievement after 14 years in WWE. they treated it like a big deal. He won Yes, it in the cage. and I talked to him, and he said, hey, look, I want this title run to be what RVD did for the ECW TV title. That's what I want out of this. I want a big, massive, long, important, talked-about run.
0: Plans change, pal.
1: Yep. And I don't think that this is any coincidence whatsoever with the fact that he's been working main event, that he's been doing some dark matches with with Vince there. I think this is a slam dunk. No duh. Bronson Reed is going to be called up uh, to either Raw or SmackDown in the very, 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 very near future with the fact that they just dropped that title off of him.
0: Very- you mean Bronzilla? Bronzilla is going to be called up to uh <laughs>
1: Oh please, just don't turn him into Brodus Clay. Just don't do it. I've I've, I've I've that's always been my nightmare. Is that is that Vince would see Bronson Reed and go, okay, let's get him some dancing girls. Let's uh, let's get him some some disco music. So somebody call my mama. That's always been my biggest fear with Bronson Reed when he got up to the main roster. I'm just 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 let him be him. I think that's the <laughs> thing. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, they're letting the be their successful. own thing. These guys were successful in NXT. Just let them be themselves when they come up, please.
0: Transition. You know, they're letting be be, be their own thing. Um, hit Row, I think, is a, an immediately, for lack of a better phrase, hit faction, Yeah, a hip-hop driven group where they're all legitimately into hip-hop music, and they're all around a Swerve as his posse. And that crew was over in the pre-match promo where they convinced him to do this. They had their record. They show up on camera. They get their gimmick in. They have a legitimate song, sort of as a legitimate hip-hop fan. And now he is, in my eyes, I've said this before, he's the Randy Orton of NXT. He's got his evolution. He's got his mind games. He oh, used to be a super fast wrestler, but now you see him slow it down. Oh, Let yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him take in the moment. Let it. Let it. Let. And now, when he does everything, it's. It's. It does it spring to action like a snake, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, and he's doing some things that are so much. He's. He. He's getting so much more out of doing only a little bit of what he did before. Uh, I think Swerve came into his own. It is. A, it is a curveball, a swerve to put the title on him now because we have Bash next week. But give it up to NXT. Hey, week to week wrestling, we're gonna make this interesting. Sure. Tune in Tuesday nights. Anything. If we're not happen. the number one show. We're gonna leave you talking, and saying we should be the number one show uh, at the end of the night. Anything can happen. Literally a great match too. A, a yeah, really was, great was, match. Of course it was. I, I, I love when he was sitting
1: on him when he was on the apron. <laughs> that was weird. apron apron stuff. Scary. Hey, and and Rodson, man, he killed the rest of Hit Row. Like he destroyed those dudes. Straight up murdered some dudes. And then yeah, he he gets he gets caught in the ring. I really hope. That this is Bronson Reed being called up because if they just decided to go with the hot hand with with nothing else planned for Bronson, I feel bad for the dude. I do what I think he's getting called up. I wouldn't be surprised if and Cross happens uh, sooner rather than later as well. But you got to figure out how to get the title off of him because he has looked uh, absolutely unstoppable. I think if they started doing this four weeks ago, Cross would have lost that multi-man match.
0: Yeah uh and, and maybe you know things like i said plans change pal things yep. things move uh and we have nxc great american bash this swerve comes before WWE's doing basically a pay-per-view on free television and that's what we're getting here yep. um they haven't announced this but i could see them adding more matches in some way to so like digitally or yeah, doing a pre-show one. or something like that have they, have they gone that route have they have they nailed anything down in that regard am i, I wrong mean, they, they, they got four big ones here um uh, maybe they'll add something else Um uh, mm-hmm. but it's a two of them. It's a two hour show. They're gonna stay within that maybe two hours. Add,
1: I wouldn't be shocked if they, add, especially after what we saw on on Tuesday night, I wouldn't be surprised if they added Cross and Gargano. To be completely
0: honest with you, uh, yeah. What it, an or, angle there too. That was a really or, funny. Yeah, guy.
1: or maybe uh, I did love Samoa Joe like literally pulling Johnny Gargano to safety, <laughs> like he was gonna get like like Cross just had no. I'm sitting there. He's like he's driving the car. He's gonna run that some bitch over. And then there's Joe just holding him up like. I think he went too far, kid. Uh, you know, or whatever the <laughs> Joe said. It was so damn good. Uh, way, I, did, uh, did ask, uh, I did ask Tommaso Ciampa about Samoa Joe's return, and you're going to want to hear his answer. Trust me on that one, by the way. Oh,
0: good. Well, that brings this up. Uh, Samoa Joe, back on NXT, he is not an in-ring competitor, but an enforcer. Yes. To get control for William Regal, he inserted himself into the very uh, revived, very bitter issue between former stable mates and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly an unsanctioned match once again, and Samoa Joe will certainly be on hand for this. He's been, he's kind of been the third wheel in this storyline. They didn't just go with Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole hate each other. They've added Joe to this, and I think this match is more a setup for getting Joe back in the ring faster than we expect,
1: man. It would make sense to kind of build up to it. Maybe he does fight Adam Cole first. If and when he does get cleared, I don't know how soon he's going to get cleared, and who knows if he is going to get cleared. But they've definitely been laying the seeds there. Um, there's something he's, for- he's, he said it this week in interview with Ryan said,
0: I'm I'm yeah. going to wrestle again,
1: and we'll leave it at that. He yeah, plans to wrestle again, and he told me that very same thing earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, but I don't get as much pub as Ryan Sand does anyway. Oh. So you know, you know how it is. Yeah. But uh, so I could see Joe getting involved here. Maybe he gets provoked by adam cole i think kyle o'reilly is going to win i think that's the right call maybe it sets up adam cole and and samoa joe and maybe that's how they write cole off because if they're looking for dudes to to, to come up to the main roster and help fill out uh, where you know they 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 need people
0: come on you, you're we'll in, in bay 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 and big arenas now come on can i mean adam was, cole comes out and does the big bay and, bay I, thing? and i know
1: adam cole will will preach this until the end of time that there's still plenty on nxt that he can do and it, it, it's hard. We've noticed it because they bring in fresh guys and new people all the time. It's not the developmental brand, but they still develop people on that show. And we're starting to see the guys like Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly and Tommaso Ciampa, these guys who have been here for a very, very long time. It's like, well, how do we keep these guys relevant while also bringing in new guys and, and elevating them at some point? You got to try and try your hand and see how these guys work out on the main roster. I think Adam Cole would be great on a SmackDown or or Monday Night Raw, to be completely honest with you.
0: All right, let's zip through it. MSK versus Tommaso Ciampa, Timothy Thatcher for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, We got to talk to Tommaso Ciampa a little bit. We'll obviously roll out that full interview in a few days here. Keep an eye on our channel for it. Who do you got?
1: God Dang, man. I don't know. This is flip a coin. I yeah. want well, for, for I,
0: me. It's time to take the. You, you can take the belts off. MSK. I'm okay with it. I mean, they they've put, gotten they've gotten they what won they won need the out things. of it. They just won the damn things. I they, know, but I, I still think in this day and age, it isn't. It isn't. Uh, you know, the '90s where someone needs to keep the belt for months and months and months. You need to keep your inner your your uh, your, your I, weekly I would, television be interest.
1: Be I wouldn't be mad if this was a rivalry that that was kind of like Sasha Banks and and uh, oh, she, keep she, it you know, going. Where they just keep it going and they're trading the titles back and forth over. Okay, and over. eventually not, leading to that tag team fight pit match. I think that would be a great way to go. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll you might talk me into it. I'll go with Champa
0: and that. If we get that fight pit match, once once he said that to me, I was like, oh boy. When he said it to you, I was like, oh boy. I was, I was like, I'm oh, a boy.
1: Okay. I, you, you probably couldn't tell because I looked terrible in that video, but
0: uh, yeah, I was pretty giddy. NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match, The Way, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell taking on Zoe Stark and Io Shirai. Stark and Shirai winning this title opportunity this past week on NXT television. Uh, who do you got? I think the way keep these belts with some shenanigans, and maybe this sets up uh, some personal issues with Zoe Stark and Shirai. I'm just spitballing.
1: Yeah, I, I I like that as well. Um, God, for the sake of the country of Australia, I I, I hope that Indy Hartwell uh, <laughs> hangs on to it. They already just you know nip Bronson Reed in the bud right there. So uh let, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll root for Candice and, and and Indy. Candice waited so long to be a champion. I think they need a nice long run. So yeah, I miss I miss
0: the Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell like. Like so. they can't be together love affair because the way doesn't want her to date Dexter storyline. I know they didn't they they kind of alluded that it's over with, right? Um, uh, but I, I thought that was really, really entertaining character stuff for NXT that they don't get to do a lot. I enjoyed yeah, that. I liked it. I was I'm I'm down. The big money match, the million dollar championship is on the line. If Cameron Grimes cannot win this match, if he cannot stonk down, he will become L.A. Knights, yeah. L.A. Knights, yeah. Butler, he'll become his <laughs> Butler. L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes. These guys had one of the best singles one-on-one ladder matches I've seen in many, many, many years. Mm. At the last Takeover, I loved it. They they have chemistry, but this just feels like it's set up for Cameron Grimes, uh, a, a a a kind of high working level Santino Marella for WWE in the modern day. Uh, he is quite the comedy character to become a butler.
1: Yeah, I think LA Knight wins this. I think it would almost be pointless for LA Knight to win the ladder match, take out Ted DiBiase, and then just hot shot it right to Cameron Grimes. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of interesting and funny and hilarious things that you could do. There's also some bad things you could probably do. Uh, so you got to walk a fine line here uh, with Cameron Grimes, uh, kind of falling out and being you know the butler and the servant and this that and the other thing. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with LA Knight on this one.
0: I think you're right. I think it's a way to go, and that's a pretty stacked show. I mean. Is this? I don't know if this is TakeOver level, but I don't think it needs to be. It has a Clash of the Champions big, big, extra big TV show vibe to it. And I think that's what they're going for. Uh, I do think we're going to get some type of announcement for what they want to do with TakeOver later this summer, maybe this week. And that's a a bigger NXT show to make that announcement. Uh, And uh, NXT is saying they're going to go back on the road. Maybe we get more of a clarification on what they're going to do if they're going to do stuff with fans here on this show, too. They have waited quite some time to add nxt to the fold of fans can see nxt again uh you know raw and smackdown obviously the priorities for the company uh i understand that but i would hope there's some big nxt announcements on the show as well i think that there's there's a possibility that i'm not saying they're going to happen but this is a show where you would want to make those announcements in terms of timing coming up here uh i'm looking forward to it we got a lot coming up smack talk dropping friday night with dutch mantel
1: me and uh jeremy bennett's gonna be in for sp3 it's his turn to go out on a uh a wedding uh weekend it's that time <laughs> of the year baby it's that time of the year love is in the air people are actually going out and getting married and whatnot so i think there's a lot more weddings
0: this year than there were yes
1: well all the and weddings yeah, a typical year because the, everybody pushed it off so yeah i, dude, I think like i'm going years. to like
0: i think i'm going to like six six or seven weddings this year i had like two on the same weekend uh, i'm going to the same wedding venue twice I'm going to the same venue twice. The exactly. same venue, I different to, weddings.
1: I, I went to the same wedding venue three years in a row for my friend's wedding, for my wedding, and then another friend's wedding. Like we all, like went and we all liked that place, so we just all chose that. <laughs> so. advertising, Maybe it works. Uh, but uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, you, you'll see me and uh, Jeremy Bennett and uh, Dutch Mantel tomorrow night. And don't forget, uh, my entire interview with Tommaso Champa is going to drop. I believe on monday so keep an eye on the sports keto wrestling youtube channel and hell do more than that subscribe while you're there
0: subscribe dude also if you guys like our stuff and you know other wrestling fans you're consuming many other wrestling channels we know that you're gonna you're watching enjoy a bunch of wrestling stuff only if you, watch us only
1: only, only watch, watch
0: us. A, don't even there is nothing else but us.
1: Could you imagine? Okay,
0: like that? We are all about upheaval. We want to destroy the, the established wrestling order and assume the throne. We want to yeah, go yeah, over. We're going to the wrestling media museum and we're knocking over the bronze statue of Dave Meltzer. And we're saying now it is us. It is our time. And uh, and then we'll have to put the statue I mean, back later, up later me. this
1: year. I am going to make Sean Ross app tap out. So, I mean, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> at some point he can talk all that trash that i'm gonna i'm gonna uh no i'm, I'm gonna kick sean rossop's ass later this year that's gonna what happen.
0: did that what what, what what wait what prompted this because i also have an issue with sean rossop
1: <laughs> oh no we're just gonna wrestle it's gonna be we're gonna drag down fight like this is on we've been we've been planning this for a while this is gonna oh, okay
0: all yeah. right you're 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 you book, you're booking yourself huh
1: oh yeah hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah i'm undefeated don't you know that
0: all right well the hotel lobby uh for aew all out's gonna be interesting <laughs>
1: <laughs> that might be where we do it.
0: Yes. Do you know, we'll just do
1: it Regency. That's really bad <laughs> if you take that out of context. Uh. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm gonna be doing. Uh, oh God, I think my sixth and seventh. Oh no, yeah, four comedy shows. Friday and Saturday night at the Comedy and Comedy Museum at the Fox Valley Mall in Aurora, Illinois. Uh, coming up here July 2nd and July 3rd. If you guys are listening, to this, uh, check out my comedy stuff. I'm also going to be playing Shuba's Rock Room in uh, coming up uh, July 22nd. And I'll be a part of AAW, the best independent pro wrestling in the world. Going to be back on pay-per-view with Fight.tv. United We Stand July 9th. Uh, go to my Twitter uh it's all up there at kevcom rick rick they can follow you in the twitter machine where do they go yes
1: yes in fact I, I already uh if you take down the thing they can see my twitter handle uh, right here you always oh, do I'm sorry.
0: You always block
1: the thing i'm pushing
0: our i'm pushing on youtube i'm I'm taking care of the i'm taking care of the main ship here all right. Right? The, the
1: channel's fine we we plugged them enough let's plug ourselves uh follow him on twitter at kevcom <laughs> you can follow me at rick ucino spelled as you see twice in front of you already did hit my year uh my year goal for uh 2021 uh, so now we're pushing on to, to next year's goal. So let's, uh, let's keep doing it. And uh, I appreciate everybody who follows along. And uh, again, you're going to see more of my interview with Tommaso Ciampa before anybody
0: else if you follow me on Twitter at Ricky Chan. There you go. Remember, when watching wrestling, pressing all the buttons, screaming about how you did not say the correct branding,
1: calm down. Watch Three. more of us on Fightful.com. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, watch more of us. <laughs> <laughs> You just revealed the buyout. You just revealed the buyout, dude. You just, you just screwed the deal. You just screwed the deal. I'm probably going to get yelled at for that, but I'm okay. <laughs> that was, that was, I, I, I had to. I had to do it.
0: It's not happening. That's a bit. <laughs> just so no one runs off with that. Weird group and we're goofing. We're an hour and 25 minutes into talking about wrestling. I got to go we're, pick up my kids. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> we're out of here. We'll see you guys. Enjoy wrestling.